day. Welcome to Shepherd the Sheep. This is Jason Vaughn with Gino Glermo and Chris Youngson, and today we are here to discuss about Cornerstone's Deacons. Welcome to Shepherd the Sheep. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hi. Yeah, Chris, you're live with us in studio. This is a, a great last week for you. Unfortunately, uh, bittersweet. Pleasure to be here, though. Yes. Temporarily, though. Yes, temporarily. Uh, so look forward to uh, uh, your help. A couple projects for you while you're away. Uh, still helping uh, oversee the uh, members' testimonies. And uh, also, <laughs> I couldn't get out of it. Thanks, and, man. Uh, yeah, and then uh, also uh, Thomas, our intern, is uh, working on some projects, and Chris is going to be helping him with that, and so he's got a lot of reading and things to do there and help Thomas, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That's a, that's a project that I'm excited about. Yeah, I got you, Thomas. We'll work together. <laughs> yeah, I know. time zones. Yeah, yep. and I, it's been cool because really all four of us are involved with that at some yep. level, yeah. and yeah. so mm-hmm. Gino and I tend to be uh, the onlookers looking over shoulder editing and talking through things, but, but I know Thomas, you and Ramil have more of your hand in the trench on that one. And so, uh, really good, but, uh, real quick. So we decided to add this to the podcast and that is a, um, a rapid fire. What are you currently reading? And so we, we just want to do this because you know, we, we, if you want to kind of like read along with things we're reading along and, uh, then we would do that. Of course, we're going through Tozer's Knowledge of the Holy and Ephesians and John in the church at the church level. But uh, oh, and Hebrews for the women's study. Don't want to neglect that. And um, but but currently, uh, what 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 one or two books you reading, Gino? I'm trying to diligently uh, finish Bruce Shelley's history of oh, yeah. uh, the church, and that's been really good. Just helps me understand motivations of. Uh, why people did what they did and kind of learn from that and just gain wisdom and yeah, learning a lot actually. Uh, that's Very awesome. helpful. Yeah. I've listened to that once. I need to go back and listen again. Yeah. Well, I mean the history, right? There's like, you forget a lot. I mean, it's not like we didn't have history in seminary, right? church history at least, but um, just going through it again and just kind of combing through some of the details and uh, rethinking through some things with, you know, the grid I have now that, that oh, yeah. uh, you know, which is helpful. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, just, you know, even after seminary, you're still learning. You're yeah. still learning about God. You're still learning about the church. And yeah. it's always good to refine those things through church history. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Preaching through Acts um, has already reshaped a little bit of the way I read the Gospels. Mm. And so even my Peter as the rock, uh, a lot more definitive on that because of the book of Acts. Mm. Yeah. All right. So, Chris, yeah. well, yeah. you're also reading none, none Greater, right? Uh, yes, yes, by Matthew Barrett. Yeah, Matthew Barrett. Yes, that's pretty good too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, you guys gave me this homework from Sunday. So, uh, these two books that uh, reading is, uh, you know, by the Nine Marks um, Ministry here by Matt Smithhurst. Deacons is one, and the other one is uh, church membership. So, nice. 
Yeah, I got the the membership one. I haven't haven't picked up yet. Yeah, and then I'm I'm reading through None Greater, uh, also by Matthew Barrett, and that's a book on God's attributes. Really, really good book. Uh, really like it. Uh, one of my favorite parts about that book is how he um, takes every attribute and spends some time showing you how it relates to other attributes, mm, mm-hmm. so that you're not just looking at uh, immutability, but that you're seeing that God's unchanging character is also applied to His holiness, His righteousness, you know, His omniscience, that kind of stuff. And so it's really good, uh, you know, and a, a reminder that though we may understand in part, we don't understand in full because God's incomprehensible. Yeah. So. He's got a good writing style. He like does. Yeah. yeah. Very readable. Yeah, yeah. If you if you're listening to this and looking for a book on um on God's attributes, I do recommend the book. Uh take a slightly different view than him on um God's emotions, but still still a really good book. And so uh also uh a couple other books I'm reading are um working through Augustine's Trinity book. Oof. John, reading stuff on John. Uh, Ephesians, yeah, the normal stuff. Uh, I also like fiction, so I'm reading a little Joe Abercrombie's uh, fiction right now, the first law series. So, mm. yep. All right, well, today we're here to talk about deacons, and uh, hopefully this will be beneficial to you as the church. It's beneficial to us. We have really been collectively working on deacons for quite a while, uh, refining our understanding, trying to fit it into... Uh, cornerstone and how it works for cornerstone and um, realizing too just up front that that you read some, you read a book or an article on deacons and you realize that there are some there are some principles that the Bible talks about but then there's also some things the Bible doesn't talk about and it seems to be some general principles with with specific tasks yet it seems to be broad enough that uh, it's hard to read a book on deacons and say this is the only way a church can use deacons mm-hmm and I think that I think that's an important distinction because when we talk about church governments and deacons and elders and those those offices um, that that God talks about and writes about in, or that He gives us in Scripture, uh, we've kind of come to the conclusion that some of it is not always black and white because your specific church may have specific needs or or different areas where where there might be some differences from church to church on what a deacon does. Mm. Mm-hmm. But there should not be a difference on who a deacon is. Yes, the, yeah. non, the non-negotiables of a deacon. Yes, is yeah. what what he or she must be. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So, yeah. So here we are. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about a couple things. We're gonna talk about why having deacons is helpful. We're gonna talk about who they must be. We're gonna talk about what they must do, and then we're gonna talk about. Um, uh, we'll, we'll mention casually too at the end, but. Um, like like we're not casual. Uh, why not being a deacon is okay too. You know, yes. it's okay not to be an elder. It's okay not to be a deacon. However, uh, real quick caveat here: uh, the character of a deacon and elder really should be the character of every Christian in the church. Amen. Yeah. So when it says one woman man, that's not just for elders. That's for everybody. <laughs> you know, like, well, I got six wives. I'm not an elder, so it's okay. No, it's actually not okay. Like mm. one, how do you handle that? That's crazy. Um, can't imagine being in trouble with six wives, <laughs> but two, like, you know, uh, yeah, those are characteristics that generally apply to every Christian and you can't, you can't, you know, you can't, you shouldn't be a gossip. You should be able to control your tongue. You shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't be pugnacious. Uh, you should be a lover of righteousness and what is good. And you should love Christ. You should be able to communicate the gospel. You know, that's not just a pastor's job. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should be able to lead people to the truth about 
Jesus Christ, uh, even if even if you don't do it as well as somebody else. So th- these are all things that people should be able to do, but we'll talk about that too. So, mm-hmm. all right, let's, let's get into the f- question number one, letter number one. Question number one. I would. I wish I could get that to echo. One, 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 one. I, I can be your echo. Yeah, yeah. Letter number one. <laughs> and the wind beneath your wings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, why is having deacons helpful? All right. Yeah. We should start with Chris. Chris. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so having. Um, having the church recognize um, certain uh, people for the office of deacon helps uh, the church because um, they're really there to support the ministry. Um, and so uh, as the ministry grows, as God adds uh, more individuals into the church, um, there's just, you know, there's just too much work to do um, and so having a church that, that can recognize uh, certain people within the church uh, to can, who can help support the ministry uh, helps the church flourish uh, in um, really being the, you know, doing the ministry in, in the community, which is being a pillar of truth and making the gospel visible to the community. And, um, and it's just, you know, it helps uh, build that unity um, because these are men who understands the church's philosophy of ministry, who understands, um, you know, the elders' um, direction, uh, and, and able to to help uh, communicate that to uh, the rest of the members of the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also would say that you know, for like uh, in Acts six, he talks about you know, therefore, um, uh, but we, you know, he's finding people to help solve this unity problem between the Hellenist Jews and the Hebrews. And uh, they're looking for men of good reputation who can serve Acts 6, three and then Acts six, four says, but we will devote ourselves to the prayer and the ministry of the word. And uh, there, there's kind of a right. God is very specific sometimes with roles just like husbands and wives has roles. Elders have roles and deacons have roles. And um, you know, that each church, each member of the church is gifted in a unique way to be a part of the body. And each person's important. Uh, but it's helpful as elders to be able to kind of focus on shepherding mm-hmm. and ministering the word and pray and, and be devoted to prayer. And so th- there's a sense in which, uh, and I think really have seen this lately as, as the planter um, where, you know, in year one, you know, I'm sending out emails, I'm coordinating calendars. I'm the it guy. I'm the HR guy. I'm the, you know, website developer, which falls under IT. Uh, But you have all these things that really detract you from reading and studying. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then you got to go and make disciples. So you're kind of going in with with attention, but not as much attention as you'd want to give Mm -hmm. to the things you're trying to teach and lead people to do. And so... You know, that, that's been the blessing. One of the blessings of having uh, Caitlin and Amber there for us is they're able to do those things that we were not at the, that really we could do, but we don't need to do. And in fact, they do it better than I would do it. So uh, it's such a blessing to have people who are, who are doing specific tasks really well, excellent, and allowing us to, to work harder at the things we need to do. And so, you know, it's, it's a blessing to, you know, to meet with them and to kind of, you know, check up on them and, and, you know, issue them tasks. 
that, that you're trying to, that you know the church needs to do as a whole, as you think about shepherding and serving the whole church, mm-hmm. and then being able to go home and um, open a book and read yeah. and study. Well, they're part of the staff. Yes. As, as of this recording, they're, they're not yet... That's true. They're in, in line. Yet, they're in they're, line for that. But yes. yeah, but it's still the same thing. It's yes. the same concept that mm-hmm. you know that that they're they're helping to free up our time so that we can be better with our time. And there's a sense in which you want you want to know your role, you want to know your lane, and you want to be really good at driving in your lane. Yeah. And if you're focused on every other lane, then you're not good in your own lane. And so you need to you need to be able to you really want to narrow that down. I think. And that's the wisdom of Acts six four is is the ability to narrow it down to essential responsibilities and then go be really good at those. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's where uh, deacons are really helpful um, because as you'll see, we we get them into things, um, we use them, we we you know rely on them for some things, and it allows us to focus. And so focus is good. In fact, the, some of you, some of you in Cornerstone, maybe came from a church or have been a part of churches where, or, or maybe you're you're listening as as an outsider, and if so, welcome to Shepherd the Sheep. But um, this is for Cornerstone. But if it helps you, then praise God. But again, uh, my little caveat: if we disagree with your local pastor, agree with your local pastor, and don't agree with us. Um, but um, you know, it's kind of nice to just be able to focus, hone in. And, um, I, I do think sometimes young guys in ministry are not as good in the pulpit because they're doing too much mm. they're, they're You got them doing, you know, ad many stuff, the tyranny, the urgent. In fact, there's a quote in, in this Deacon's book where he talks about that, where, where these guys, where, you know, sometimes the elders, if you have them, if you have them doing what deacons should be doing, there is a, um, there's kind of, they're handling the tyranny of the urgent and by handling the tyranny of the urgent, um, they are, um, you're right. They're taking away from, from what the elders should be doing. And so that, that's a problem that, that does exist in the church and it's unfortunate. Yes, I think you're right. Uh, that, that, um, there's a lot of wrestling that we have to do with the text. Um, and not just in the, not just for pulpit preparation, right? Just even counseling and thinking through issues mm-hmm. and helping people on a regular basis, like, there's mm-hmm. not, um, th- there's not uh, just canned answers. You actually have to go to the, go to the, go to the text and understand what what God says about something. Yes, um, so you can help people better. Yeah. Well, and how many times have we sat around having dinner or on the phone, talking through somebody's specific problems because we're trying to help them? And you know, you look down and you go, "Man, I've had four hour and a half conversations." And each one of those was fruitful so that now when you go back and help the person you're counseling, you're, you're providing, you know, you've, you've got six to eight hours of research and wisdom being collected and insight and observation so that your questions are better, your answers are better, they're more specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's what he says on page 47. Uh, the apostles recognize a fundamental truth, a church whose ministers are chained to the tyranny of the urgent which so often shows up in tangible problems is a church removing its heart to strengthen its arm. It's a kind of slow motion suicide. And, you know, right. Because if you, if you quit focusing on the word of God and making disciples, pretty soon you're a church that, that chases every rabbit and follows every squirrel 
and you look up and you're not in the tree you should be in. You're you're no, you're not even in the land you should be in. You've somehow you ended up in California, mm. and and that's not where we want to be because we're mm. Nevada, <laughs> Las Vegas masters. So yep. yeah, yep. All right, so that's why having deacons is helpful. Uh, in God's wisdom, He put them there, and so um, Amen. We're going to use them. Yeah, absolutely. And so yeah. So what we're going to do next is, uh, right, the scripture does talk about what they must be. So if you go to 1 Timothy 3, uh, you can see what they must be. And so uh, really beginning in verse 8, I'll read the text real quick. Deacons likewise must be men of dignity, not double-tongued or addicted to much wine or fond of sordid gain. But holding the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience, these men must also first be tested, then let them serve as deacons if they are beyond reproach. Women, likewise, be dignified, not malicious gossips, but temperate, faithful in all things. Deacons must be husbands of only one wife and good managers of their children and of their own households. For those who have served as deacons, uh, those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a high standing and a great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. And so, um, you know, that that's, that's really... Um, a lot of that's similar to the elder qualifications without the ability to teach the word uh, and no, no command in scripture that gives them authority over the church. No command in scripture that tells them to shepherd the flock of God among them. First Peter five, two. And so, but, but, it, but instantly when you look at the qualifications of a deacon, the first thing that, that stands out is that these are spiritual offices. These are not janitors, mm. you know, and I, I'm not trying to indict churches that use them as janitors, uh, and I'm not trying to indict definitely even, even Matt in his book on deacons points this out where, you know, there have been a history of, um, churches where they've used the deacon board as like a check and balance to the elders. Mm. And that's not what they are either. Yeah. You know, they're not, they're not there to, you know, to, to double check the elders. And, you know, he tells the story over and over that I've heard, you know, th- these are real life stories, even though he's, he's kind of using hyperbole where, you know, deacons prevent the ministry because oh, that's not the way we've always done it, you know? And so somebody doesn't get the help they need because the deacon is, well, this is the deacon board and well, that's not what they are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so uh, in fact, I would argue that that guy shouldn't be a deacon because he's not servant. He's not servant minded, you know? Um, So pride is, pride is the worst enemy to a deacon. It's the worst enemy to an elder too. I mean, it's really all of our enemies. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, Yeah. So any, any thoughts on that? The, uh, what a deacon must be, I know I read it quickly, but yeah, I, I, I just, you know, it's, it's a non-negotiable their character, um, because they are really, um, we're, we're asking them to be people that, um, you know, love people. And, yeah. um, you know, if you, it is interesting because if you if you're going to love somebody, th- this is the ca- this is what your character will end up looking like because it's basically someone who's not selfish, right? And someone who cares about your growth in Christ, someone who uh, wants to see the church be unified. They understand that, and so you know th- that character that characteristic is really a reflection of who Christ is. And like you said earlier, they have their own lane, and those lanes are parallel, but yeah. they're they're also not. Um, they're also not um, less important, you know, in terms of value. Um, I like what he says in page 33, deacon service is too significant 
too glorious to be a mere stepping stone toward anything else. Yeah. So mm. it's not like the, it's not like you, we talked about this a little bit. It's not like the first step to become an elder. Right. It's it's its own glorious office. Right. Um, and it's important. Yeah. Well, even the fact that that we recognize deaconesses, which we know is a debate, um, should indicate right that we're not making women deacons for a while to then raise them up to be elders. Correct. Like there, there is a very specific, right? The text does say that the men are to be elders, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting because it does show that um, men are able to shepherd women. Mm-hmm. But there, there's there's a beauty to having women deacons as well who are able to, to minister to women in a way that sometimes is as effective, you know, and and you know can provide adequate service. Adequate's probably the wrong adjective there, but who provide very valuable service to other women in their in their leadership. And I know watching Kyla do deacon work, I've seen her you know have to have to call out some people, and I've seen her had to like you know help people organize their thinking a little bit to be better moms or better church women or better servants. And so she's able to translate man language into woman language. Yeah. Which is really tough. That's, that's, mm. that's a, that's a talent. <laughs> yeah. That is a talent. Yeah. She, <laughs> Very she, tough. She Yeah. She took Jason brain and, and oh, uh, I don't know how she does it. <laughs> she uh, untangled it. And yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's yeah. But um, yeah, so it's interesting, right? Um, and and when you look at that, right, you look at what they're supposed to be. It's important to realize that it's not potential; it's actual. Yep. Yeah. So they need to be this. Not oh, Johnny has a Johnny has the potential to be this. Make him a deacon. Well, mm-hmm. if Johnny has the potential, but he's not that yet, then he's not a deacon. Correct. Mm-hmm. That's the same for elders. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you you put you know that that doesn't mean they're done growing. Um, but it, but it does mean there is some kind of like baseline standard there that they have that they have to ma- be mature enough to do. Amen. Yep. yep. And I think we didn't mention this in our main point, but but maybe we should amend the main points and say that, that there's a very important line in there too that they must be tested. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I think that's very important, even in our process of selecting deacons, uh, which which seems to be you know we're not talking months, we're talking years of of walking alongside people. So even the people that are before the church right now for deacons, we, we have walked with them, all of them for quite a while. Yes. And we've seen the way that, um, they respond to personal trials. We've seen the way they respond to church trials. Uh, we, we don't, we don't think that they're out of the woods. I mean, none of us are out of the woods of, of having responded to any kind of trial, right? I mean, somebody may, uh, not like something we do, and there might be a conflict there, and so we all have to overcome that in a godly way, or, or reconcile those in godly ways. Even if reconciliation doesn't happen, we must pursue it. Mm-hmm. And so, when the sponge squeezes, we want to see what comes out, because oftentimes, untested, it's life is easy if you're untested, mm-hmm. super easy. Mm-hmm. And then, but you always know who a person is when the trials come. Yep. yep. Yeah, I, I think um, uh, that that testing is so important. Um, we we take for granted uh, the necessity for uh, for people to grow through the trials of life. Um, I, I think there's a temptation today, especially with the whole church growth movement, to where they're elevating people into leadership yeah. uh, too quickly because they're the 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 um, the pressure of of the help that's needed. Yeah, mm-hmm. when, and we were just talking about this earlier, Chris. Like, what if Cornerstone like starts growing too rapidly. Yeah. And uh, my thought is like, I hope we don't rush into leadership just because of that. Yeah. Correct. Like we might have a bigger fringe, 
Yeah. But hopefully the core is still, yeah. you know, the core is still strong and still growing. And yeah. So, well, I think even in that situation, I'll be the first one to raise my hand and say, you know what? There's some things we can't do. Yeah. And you've come here for a reason and you're just going to have to be patient yep. and trust us that, that we're, we're going to respond and we're going to strengthen the trail as always as much as we can. Mm-hmm. But, um, right now the vine's just going to have to be overgrown a little bit. Can you, um, can you elaborate for trellis and vine for those oh, who yeah, don't know? Yeah, those that don't know. Yeah. So the vine is the people. And that's that's the ministry serves to to mature the vine, right? Yeah. We want a healthy vine. But the trellis is the stuff that holds the vine up. Yeah. And so, you know, every church has a business side to them, you know. So finances is part of trellis work. Uh, the ushers, you know, handing out the offering bags and the um, helping us hand out the the Lord's Supper, that's trellis work. You know, it's very important, right? It's we're not we're not downplaying that, and so even if somebody's only involved with with trellis work, that's that's a ministry and a service. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also are calling people to be involved with the vine work, right? So, so I would hope that our sound people uh, are the kind of people that show up to church, you know, set the sound up and look and say, "Hey, how was your week? How are you mm-hmm. doing?" You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and so that that's something that we encourage. I know. Uh, I know you encourage your music team to be like that. Every every teammate is really encouraged in Cornerstone. Look, this what you're doing is very valuable and helpful, but do not negate the hey, I love you and I'm here to serve you. Part of the ministry. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in a nutshell, the one and one another's is is that care for people's love for Jesus Christ and yes. and growth in Jesus Christ. And so when we um, uh, even for deacons, I, I think they understand the. Um, they they understand the work of the vine, the vine work that we're trying to do in growing people, and they understand how the trellis supports the vine. Um, I, I've been in, you know, I think we've all been in situations where uh, there's too many, you know, the trellis is kind of like the programs. Yeah. Where, where the programs, you're, you're program driven, but the program is just there. It's not really there to support the growth of people. It's really, yeah. sometimes it's just there yeah. to keep people busy. And that's not the point of ministry. The ministry is not just being busy. It's actually, it's purposeful. It's, it's yeah. uh, the end goal is discipleship towards Jesus Christ. Yeah. I like what you said. The one anothering is there to care for people. Yeah. Jesus. I yeah. like it. Well, and that, that's that's probably something that, that, that we didn't talk about that's not listed in First Timothy. But for us, we do look for people that are good at one anothering. Yes. Yeah, yes. Not not necessarily extroverts. We're no. not saying they're extroverts uh, because well, there's probably some deacons who would say, I'm an introvert. And yet when you talk to them, they generally care for you. Mm-hmm. They love you. They serve. You know, like we have some quieter deacons-to-bees and some louder deacon-to-bees. Yep. And yet uh, the common bond in all of them is that they, they love the Lord, they love the church, and they love people, mm-hmm. and which is really, you know, your way of loving the Lord and the church. And you can see that in their in their ministry. You can see that in the way they serve people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we look for people who know how to consider how to stir one another up to love and good deeds. Yes. Yeah, we're always looking for fat people. Yep. Faithful, available, teachable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, the book, right, uh, Matt says that. Um, above all else, a deacon must simply be a faithful Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And even that goes back to being tested, right? Uh, somehow, faithfulness just happens over time. Like it, people who have been in the trenches and have uh, the sponge squeeze 
right? Um, you're able to see how they come out on the other end and how they're faithful through whatever circumstances they're in. Um, and that's why it's important to like to wait and be patient yeah. and see how the character of that individual that is recognizable by everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by no means are we saying that these people are perfect Christians. No one is. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, but they're, 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 teach- <laughs> they're teachable. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you know, you could come up to them and be like, Hey, I, you know, I, consider, consider changing this and be like, you know what? You're right. That's, that's yeah. actually not a, yeah. I, that's interesting too, because uh, one of the common denominators that we've seen in our deacons is that they all make themselves available for others. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now they might be, they might say like, well, Hey, I have to work Thursday night, so I can't meet with you then. But that's not the squashing of the conversation. You know, usually they're like, hey, but I could do Saturday. You know, and I think that's important because some people are only available for others when it's super convenient for them. And yet even their, you know, even their spouse is on board with, hey, we realize that there's going to be times where where we have to kill our plans to go serve. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and that's something we've definitely seen. So, yeah. Okay. So what must they be? They're not elders. We're not looking for them to be elders. It's a spiritual office as described by 1 Timothy uh, 3, 8 through 13. It's an honorable position. It's they're fat people. They're, they're good listeners. They're good at one anothering. Uh, they're actually this. It's not a potential. They are committed, and uh, they, they make themselves available for others. Yep. Yep. And they're growing in the faith, mm-hmm. Yep, which we all are. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, I, like, and I just, one more comment. I'm all about, I, I actually don't mind viewing our walk with the Lord a little bit in the journey with the journey Im- imagery um, because at some level we are all growing Christians. And I think if you think about it as a journey, as a journey a little, a little bit, then for us it allows for people to make mistakes mm-hmm. and it allows us to be more gracious when they do make their mistakes. However, they're far enough along in their journey mm-hmm. that, that you know, you can hand them a map and say, "Get us to the other side of the forest," and they've walked enough to go to know how to do that. So, yeah, mm, that's good. I like that. So, you, what you're saying is, none of us have arrived. Uh, uh, yes, I'm <laughs> saying that some of us have not arrived. <laughs> I would not tell that to my wife. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, she would be the first to admit she hasn't arrived. So, um, are we yeah. still? We're still on point two, right? Yeah, we're who still on what be. they who they who they must be. Yeah, yeah. Letter number two still. So, letter number one was. Uh, why helpful letter number two, who they must be. Yeah. But we could move on to letter number three. Sure. And that is, uh, what must they do? Yeah. Kind of overlap. That's why I was, that's what I was asking. It's like, yeah. it sounded like that's what they do, but it's like who they, who they are. It's kind of like their character. Now you're talking about their job. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is where it kind of gets, this is where, I like, think this is a, where like flexibility. Yeah. There's a lot flexibility of flexibility. And, yeah. Now, I will say, and this is this important too, even when we describe their jobs, we're not saying they have spiritual oversight. Right. But in a sense, they are an arm and a leg, an extension of the elders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, I think he even, um, this, this is why I should have wrote down these page numbers. Oh, yes, here it is. On page uh, 85, he had this really good overview. Um, yeah, also relevant is the fact that Deacons are nowhere in the New Testament. This is page 84, uh, second paragraph. Mm-hmm. 
Also relevant is the fact that deacons are nowhere in the New Testament described as overseers or rulers. Amen. They will unavoidably exercise influence and a measure of natural leadership within a congregation, particularly in their area of responsibility. Uh, deacons are never presented as spiritually authoritative leaders over the whole congregation. Elders alone are identified by their calling to exercise oversight. Yeah. Uh, and then he goes on and he makes this distinction on 85. Elders lead ministry. Deacons facilitate ministry. The congregation does ministry. I like that. I do too, because it, it's a recognition, right, that everybody in the church should be doing ministry. Correct. And how we define ministry is important here because we define ministry as serving Mm -hmm. people, Jesus Christ. Uh, And I think that's important to kind of make even for, um, you know, even for his common measure of natural leadership. Well, we need to make sure that we understand what biblical leadership is because leadership is not like, you know, you're the governor of a state and you issue a mandate for masks and everybody has to mask up, you know, um, whether you agree with his leadership decision or not, God placed him there and that's what he did. Um, leadership is serving. So when the Bible talks about leadership, it is a servant leadership. Yep. So in a sense, a leader has to have conviction about who Jesus Christ is so that they, he or she knows how to come alongside somebody and say, this is Christ. How do I help you understand your walk with Christ so mm-hmm. that you're walking faithfully? And, you know, now that shepherding is with us in, in a lot of sense, you know, so, um, but, but even then we don't walk up to people and say, well, I'm the elder submit. You know, we, we walk up to people and say, well, you know, this is what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you're contemplating divorce, but the Bible says that this is not a divorceable issue. The, the Bible says you really need to learn how to like live with your spouse in an understanding way. You need to learn what it means that you receive grace and you give grace and you, you need to learn how to love your spouse and you need to learn how to be devoted through thick and thin. And, you know, and, but we don't walk up and say, I'm the elder. You do what I say. We, mm-hmm. we try to show them what God's word says about something. Mm-hmm. And this is where, this is where deacons can help facilitate ministry because there's some things that the church is doing that is helpful to have a deacon deaconess. They're helping it as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So even in like the women's ministry, again, helpful to have deaconesses there who are able to, to Titus too, be older women who are able to raise up younger women to be sensible and pure and, and walk with the Lord. You mm-hmm. know, same thing for men. Uh, although Titus is clear that that's not a deacon role. That's an everybody role. Right. So you don't need the title to do that. However, that is one way that that fleshes out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's an important distinction. They are part of the leadership team yes. at Cornerstone. Um, the, you know, and, and people, I mean, you, you, you put a spiritual office or a title of deacon, what we're really saying is people, and people acknowledge this, even um, even people with the title that do menial, like even the janitor role or whatever, like people like naturally look at people with a title as a leader. Um, but in, in this case, they are part of our leadership team. They do reflect the le- what the leadership's trying to accomplish. Um, but more even more distinctively, they, as you have said, they don't have the same kind of, of authority that the elders do because we have the responsibility to shepherd. Like that falls on us. Yes. Like that, um, you know, those who teach are, are held to a greater uh, judgment from the yeah. Lord. So. We 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 um we shoulder that brunt of yes. responsibility. Yeah, and and that's where you know when you think about what they do 
um, you know, we, we at Cornerstone have, have articulated in some ways what, what's, a, what's a nuance for us as a church while also recognizing some things that the Scripture does say about them. And so, um, you know, you, you, you used this phrase earlier, which is support shepherding, which mm-hmm. is really right why they come to the deacon and elder meetings, where we mm-hmm. just kind of let them know, hey, here's what we're doing, here's where we're going, here's, what, here's how we need help. So, like, right now we're, you know, in the deacon elder meetings, we're saying, hey, you know, Bible studies are a big part of shepherding people. And so we need your help encouraging people to be involved. Mm-hmm. You know, as you, as you do the one another's and relate to people, encourage them, be, be involved with these things. You know, um, we, we walked them through the Lord's supper last time mm-hmm. so that again, there, there's more of a unity and an awareness of, Hey, these people are, you know, um, Hey, why do you guys do the Lord's supper every other week? Well, here's why. Mm-hmm. Hey, why do you say this? Well, here's why. Here, here's what we're trying to do, you know? And so in their, in their one anothering, they're able to communicate what are the way we view things and the way we're trying to lead people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. in a lot of ways, they help be a voice. Yes. Yeah. And that's because, you know, and that's why um, our deacons in Cornerstone have uh, spent some time with us, right? They've been available uh, for us so that they, they're in lockstep with, you know, what we're trying to do and how we're trying to shepherd uh, the members of Cornerstone, and they're able to articulate that and communicate that to to people, right? So it's not like they're rogue on their own. It's like, oh, this is how we do ministry. No, they understand how Cornerstone does ministry and how we're trying to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, and they become like that, you know, just propagate that message. Like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, this is what this is why we do what we do, and they understand us enough, uh, because they've walked with us for for quite some time, right? Yeah. And then they 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 facilitate solving problems, right? Because yep. we're trying to do this, uh, we need this, this, and this. And yeah. um, it's, I mean, between us and and the deacons, like we are able to overcome lots of barriers mm-hmm. that that um, that kind of that try to stifle discipleship. So they're really really helpful in, in doing that. Yeah. But yeah, but that that is our distinctive here at Cornerstone. So one of the the requirements of being a deacon, uh, at least at, at our church, is that they are available for uh, those meetings because those meetings do facilitate what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Matt actually has this quote in a healthy church. Well, he says this. I'm quoting him, uh, page eighty four. In a healthy church, godly deacons execute the vision and oversight of godly elders, not the other way around. Mm. And now that's in the context of the check and balance church, but, but it's still, he's still providing that, that thing that, that, that characteristic that we've seen. Right. And that is that they understand what, what the elders are trying to do to serve the church. And so we're, we are trying to make decisions that lead people to Christ. And we know in order to do that, that people need the word of God and they need relationships with each other. And so they understand that and then try to help us execute that as being good examples, but also um, serving people in such a way to where that happens. Uh, you know, and then he even says, which is, which is helpful, right? That if somebody is not on board with the elders, they can't be a deacon. Mm-hmm. And, and that's important, right? Somebody, somebody can come to our church and not, not completely be on board with what we do. And that, that's, that's fine, you know, at some level. Um, but they can't be, uh, the hard part is if they disagree with our leadership, they're not going to promote unity. So it's not like the, uh, American government where they're the Congress and the president and the legislative branch where they keep each other in check. Right. They can't veto. They can't veto. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. But mm-hmm. the, it's not like, you know, our deacons, we, we do the, the, their opinions and their, uh, the, they have, you know, special skill sets. They have um, experiences yes. that we don't have. They have lots of things that we, you know, can't provide to the trellis that they can. Yeah. So we look to them right. for advice and things that we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Especially for some of them, right? Some of them are in a lane that we're not in. And I think there's just in general good leadership, right? That when somebody comes and says, hey, this this is like, you know, from children's, hey, this, this is, these are issues we're facing. Um, there's a sense in which it's like, well, what do you think the solution is? And they tell it and you're like, that's probably the solution. Mm-hmm. Because they're, they're probably a better expert at this than I am. Uh, and they probably know better. And so, mm-hmm. you know, even with our teams, we, we're going to talk to them about a couple a couple. Um, uh, hardships that we're trying to overcome. I don't know if hardships are right. We're, I don't want to say problems. challenges. Challenges. You know, we're going to come to them with a couple challenges, just to see what what works best. What's the best solution? Right. And and that recognizes that if we come to them and say, "Here's the solution we want you to do," that may not be the best because they're not they're not involved. You know, they're not a part of that process of solving the problem or solving the challenge. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, they're not. Um, you know, we're not listening well enough to them as well. So, mm. yeah. So they support the shepherding. Uh, Act six talks about you know the the, the problem and the problem in Act six uh, is you know a lot of people read this and say, see, you need people that can do the daily serving of food so that the elders don't have to do that that menial serving task, right? And so we think of serving food as menial. Uh, the interesting part is. That if you don't have a good wait staff at a, at your restaurant, then you're not going to make money, and people aren't coming back. So hmm. uh, it's not really a menial task, in my opinion. But uh, what a lot of people miss is that one well, the the complaint arose on the part of the Hellenists against the Hebrews. Now, if you don't know who the Hellenists and the Hebrews are, you'll just gloss over that little section there in in Acts six one, and you will miss what was said. Because what was said was, hey, there's some kind of cultural snobbery that exists here. Mm-hmm. And the Hebrews uh, were more than likely going to be a little slanderous or maybe even prone to look down upon the Hellenists. Because the Hellenists were native Jews who seemed to adopt more of the Greco-Roman worldview and probably involved themselves in in Rome's culture a little bit more in the Greco-Roman culture and probably from the outsider looking in uh, did not take as serious the law and the issues of the laws. Maybe the Hebrews would have wanted them to, right? So a Hellenist might've been like, whatever, I don't care about your Pharisees. I'm doing this because this is the way Rome does it. And the Hebrews would have been like, Oh no, you know, like that's not the way faithful Israelites do this. So you can almost see it like modern day, you know, uh, there arose a complaint on part of the Democrats against the Republicans because <laughs> their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. Hmm. And so what's really a threat here in the church is unity because hmm. it's not necessarily who's getting it's the food. It's that there's some kind of tension between these two groups of people. And so what do they do? They look for men of good reputation who would be able to step in and help solve the conflict to maintain unity in the church. And so for us, right, and, and even Matt talks about this in his book, that a big part of, of Deacon's work is helping to maintain unity, mm-hmm. which requires conflict resolution, the ability to listen, and the ability to know um, from Scripture 
where God is leading us, as well as to understand what the church is trying to do to help maintain unity in the church. Yep. You know, so how, how that might flush out might be, you know, hey, Deacon, not really a fan. Like, I don't understand why we're not doing hymns only. Like, why aren't we doing hymns only? Like, like faith, faithful churches only sing hymns, which unfortunately some people say. But you would hope the deacon can kind of step in and say, well, you know what? Um, really, the ministry of, of music is, or they're looking for content. Mm-hmm. And there are good modern hymns, you know, in Christ alone that, that's phenomenal in content. Why would you not sing that? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, you'd be silly not to sing in Christ alone. And so the ability to kind of step in and say, hey, you know, is this a preference issue, a truth issue? And why, why, why camp out on a preference issue? Like, the church literally cannot cater to every person's preferences. Um, if it did, I, I need more, you know, five minute guitar solos from non mm-hmm. on Sunday. Right. But that, that's, you know, that's a preference. And so you would hope a deacon can kind of step in and say, Hey, here, here's, you know, mm-hmm. here's some things to think through, you yeah. know, can you, can you good, could you give preference to Gino's leadership style in this situation? Could you give preference to the elders leadership style? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, another common issue is children's ministry, right? Everybody has an opinion on children's ministry. Uh, especially sometimes those who aren't involved in children's ministry. And it's like, you know, again, you're kind of an outsider looking in on that situation. And so you'd hope a deacon could kind of be able to like, Hey, you know, here's what they're trying to do. They're really trying to do what you, what you want them to do. Uh, They're just maybe doing it a little different or, you know, there might be six reasons why we can't use that curriculum. You know, that curriculum has cost $20,000 a year to use. We don't have that kind of resource. Oh, I didn't realize it cost that much money. Mm. Right. Because a lot of people don't, aren't even aware that, Mm-hmm. That the curriculum you use in children's ministry, you have to you, you don't buy it. You buy a yearly subscription to it, mm-hmm. and so different ones cost different amounts of money. And so all of these are factors in the church that the church has to think about and consider. And yet at the same time, we are still trying to give the gospel to to your children. But really, we are saying you're the main disciple maker of your children. This is only meant to be a support. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're giving us the responsibility to raise your kids in godliness, then you are abrogating part of your responsibility as a parent. So you would kind of hope a deacon can say, "Well, what are you doing at home? Are you confronting your kids with sin? Are you leading them in reconciliation? Are you giving them the gospel? Are you telling them how great Jesus is? Are you living out how great Jesus is?" Mm. You know. Um, so you know, you kind of hope that a deacon could do that. Yeah, yeah. I th- you know, with deacons too. I mean, these guys in Acts six had uh, these were men of reputation. Um, so they knew people and people knew them. Yes. And so if, if you're going to be in charge of trying to unify two groups of people who are at tension with each other, yep. um, you're going to want to, number one, you're probably going to want guys who people know and trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like the, you know, our deacons, they, they know the people of the church yep. and they love the people of the church and people, you know, for the most part, people know them. Yeah. Yep. And so, uh, that that knowing those relationships, that's why we always emphasize relationships because that's a platform, right? That friendship is a platform for like real effective ministry to happen, yep. and so those relationships really serve the unity of the church. Yeah, so that's 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 such an important thing. But yeah, I mean, even with even with like being able to uh, counsel people and, and, and tell people from the scripture, or like at least try to understand what we're trying to do and, and, and our goals in each, each ministry, you know, deacons uh, have a pretty good grasp of that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So, I mean, to kind of like summarize that unity point, they have to, they have to know what the church is about. They have to know who Christ is. 
they have to often know what we're trying to accomplish. They got to be good listeners because they have to be able to dig in and understand the problem. Mm. They have to be able to help offer solutions. Uh, they have to be peacemakers, right? In the sense that the most important thing to them is your peace with Christ uh, and the unity of the body. Because uh, the worst thing that happened to a church is is divisiveness, and uh-huh. and that you know when we, when you're not unified around the gospel, unity happens in the church. Um, you just not it's not always unity around Christ, mm-hmm. and so that that's you know that's the thing. You get a group of people who are not united around Christ, and they're united around their way or the highway, and now you have major problems in the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And so the elder the the elders are trying to shepherd the church, right, and walk with the church and point the church a certain direction. And the and the deacons are there helping, you know, yeah, in that walk. Yep, absolutely. Yep. So unity. Yeah. Those um Unity. Well they need rings. This <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, imagine if in, in in that day if the Gentiles were to find out that that uh, a group of um you know, a group of their widows weren't being served because they were different. You know, they they were different. They were of a different culture. Yes, it's pretty, you know, petty. Yeah, uh, like what kind of church does that? Like what kind of god is this? Right? It's mm-hmm. it's such a a poor testimony. Yeah, uh, just just a plug on why unity is important, right? We're, we're unified around the nature and the personhood of Christ, right? Not just some uh, tertiary doctrine, yeah. but like the big things, like the gospel. Yeah. And who God is, yeah, and His character, yeah, yeah, and and it's interesting. Not each deacon is always going to be doing the same thing, even though they're all working to maintain unity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that that's the the one of the hard parts for being a deacon is as as Matt says, and I think he's quoting Alexander Strzok, who we like. Um, that the deacons assist the Episcopals by officially representing the overseers and standing ready to carry out tasks delegated by the overseers. Mm. And that, that's not always easy, right? Because sometimes we're, we're asking them to be fluid enough to change their, to change their goals maybe for a little while, you know, Hey, you've done a good job, but we really need your help over here for a little while. Mm-hmm. Hey, could you, could you help do that? Now, mm-hmm. the way we've done it is we, we tend to not ask them to do more or, or we, we tend to not come and pile on, different tasks. We, we've tended to just kind of say, Hey, we like the lane you're in. Just be better at that lane. Um, but you know, there is a sense in which at some point, you know, if we're training ourselves out of our jobs, which we should be doing, then, then the deacons might move on to other things, mm-hmm. you know, because they've got people equipped under them. Yep. yep. Yeah. I mean, even on page 76 of the book, um, what should mark a deacon, the answer is palpable humility, a spirit of gentleness, a willingness to be flexible. Yeah. Right? Um, like that flexibility. Yeah, because at some point, right, because if we're sitting here and we're trying to lead the church um, to go more like Christ and there is a need, um, we may go to somebody uh, and say, hey, um, would you be able to to do this um, This. Uh, Task. Task. Yeah. Right. Um, and and the deacon would have to understand, okay, you know, I see the challenges of the church. I, uh, the, the elders have um, addressed that there are some challenges and I'm willing and I'm flexible to, to redirect and to help promote, you know, what needs to be, uh, to do what needs to be done uh, in order to move the ship 
forward. Yeah. 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 Good. Yeah. No, you're, you're, that's right. This is a really pretty good book, actually. I found myself agreeing with like all of it. Yeah. yeah. Good nuggets. Yeah. This is oh, a short again. book. I like it's a little book, but it's, um, it's a good series. Or actually, I don't know how many books are in this series. Uh, quite a few now. Uh, okay. Yeah. Nine Marks series. Yeah, he talks about in in promoting unity, right? And we mentioned this that that they really have to be blessed are the peacemakers. Uh-huh. Uh, good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. Proverbs nineteen eleven. Um, and so they've got to be self-controlled enough because sometimes issues in the church can can be um, can step on your toes, right? Sometimes complaints in the church are not. Uh, it's pride will allow you to be offended too easily and not recognize that it could be sin, it could be their sin, it could be our sin, it could be difference of opinions, it could be difference of personalities, right? And so they've got to be slow to anger. Right, and so what? What the positive way of saying that I think is you're looking for people that are understanding people. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody that that hears something and says, oh, "Wait a minute, let me understand you." Mm-hmm. Um, and some people are easy to understand. Some people are very difficult to understand. And so you know that that takes a level of work. And then, um, but they're always fighting for First Corinthians one ten through eleven. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. And so you hope that they're helping to do that. Um, they're hope you know you hope that they're helping to helping you agree, helping other people agree. Um, yeah, Mark Dever said this about deacons: You don't want people serving as deacons who are unhappy with your church. The deacons should never be the ones who complain the loudest or jar the church with their actions or attitudes. Quite the opposite. You don't want to nominate deacons who don't recognize the importance of the ministry of preaching and teaching. Mm. Right. And so that, that, that becomes this, this at a, um, I've been, I've been involved with enough volunteer organizations that I will say with, with some level of authority, it would take, it would take a lot to persuade me to have a different perspective on this. That, that what tends to happen is whatever lane you're in, whatever job you do, you are something in you is ingrained to begin to think that is central to the organization. So, mm-hmm. example, because I know that helps. You know, um, at some point the valet thinks they're the most important job at the hotel. And it's like, bro, you're just parking cars. It's 20 minutes of their life. And the next 48 hours are them in the hotel, enjoying the amenities of the hotel, not even thinking about the car. Mm. You are thinking about the car all day because that's what you do all day, all the time. But that's not why the hotel's there. It's not a glorified parking lot. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, it would be it would be atrocious if all of a sudden, like, you know, I'll use Thomas because I know he would be okay with it. <laughs> if all of a sudden Thomas was like, well, the greeter table is the, like the number one thing in the church. But that's not Thomas. Thomas understands. Yeah, the greeter table is important, and mm-hmm. it serves. Mm-hmm. That was my chair. Serves as a uh, important distinct right. As it serves an important function in Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and he even has some great ideas to make the greeter table better, which I love. Right, and he sees, hey, what if we made this kind of like almost like a hospitality table where people could grab copies of the announcements and other things? Yeah, dude, that's awesome. 
Right. And so that becomes a, that becomes not just for the, for new visitors, but it becomes a table that, that everybody in the church can utilize if they need to. Um, but yet Thomas still recognizes, Hey, the church is about making disciples and preaching the word and shepherding people and loving people. And so you need guys like Thomas who can, who can stay, who recognize where their lane fits in is willing to make the lane better is willing to be excellent at his work while at the same time, he always maintains that balance of, Hey, this is the big picture and this mm-hmm. is what we're trying to do. Mm. And, um, you know, Dever says, but people are, who are anxious to protect it, right? Their role, role that that's a problem. And so in a sense, right. If I'm starting to protect my, my book ministry in the church, I've lost sight of what the, what, what the minute, what my book ministry is really there for. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's that man. That's so. That's actually really good um, because you know we. This kind of speaks to the uh, the situation where, like, you know, you you have a job, and then that job, for whatever reason, or that that ministry is no longer needed. Yeah. Uh, do you get hurt, or do you like realize? Oh, you know what? That makes sense. We need to do, maybe we need to do something different yeah. to support the gro- the broader picture of the ministry. Yep. And so this job that used to be important, but because we've grown to this size, we need to change it. Yep. You know, so, you know, jobs could change or it could morph or it could stop. I mean, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. But like there's, there's certain things that like that are okay that when, when it evolves like that. Yes. But like the main, main thing is that, um, you know, when when we're coming together on Sunday, the main thing is yep. the the service, the actual yep. service, right? Yeah. So, well, and that that's you know, like if all of a sudden we have three hundred people, the hospitality table and the greeter table may look different mm-hmm. because to service those amount of people is going to require some kind of change in some of those things, mm-hmm. and so those are areas where change is okay. Mm-hmm. It would be bad if all of a sudden we said, "Well, there's three hundred people here, we have five minutes for a sermon." Mm-hmm. I yeah. couldn't even get through an introduction in five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, that's half my introduction. Yeah. Yeah, this last week it was a 22-minute <laughs> introduction. So, you know what I mean? Like, you, but you see my point, right? Like, there are some things that you you just know the church can't abandon. We can't abandon the Lord's Supper. We can't abandon singing. We, we're not going to abandon Scripture reading. And so all of that, you know, you have to be you have to be willing for that change to happen. And deacons have to know that, that that's going to happen. And by the way, to that point... Rob Iverson and Richard Vargas uh, both told me that one of the hardest things to do is to take responsibilities from people because they get hurt by it. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that is hard, right? Because at some level, on the one hand, um, it's good because people are taking ownership of what they're doing. Um, unfortunately, sometimes we take too much ownership. Mm-hmm. And we need to recognize that that ownership may have to transition. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're not being fired. It's mm-hmm. you're recognizing. Like, you know, the reality is, Chances are, if changes happen, you're asking that person, "Hey, are you willing to come make this change and be a part of this too?" Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That that happens when we kind of um, meld our identity with our job. Yes, and mm-hmm. it, that's not that's that should never like don't ever confuse your identity. Our, our identity is Christ, and our job can change all the time. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's it's good. Yeah. So or. You know, if you're if you're doing something and somebody comes along better at it, and they're a professional in that industry, you know, I, my guess is the guy that does our website. If somebody came along who was a professional at it and said, "Hey, can I do this 
for you. My guess is he'd be like, yeah, dude, do it. Mm-hmm. You know, now he's good. He's really good at what he does. But at the same token, you know, because he's not that kind of guy that's like, well, this is my thing to do. Right. So, yeah, you can't take that. You know, so, anyway. Yeah, I think um, emphasizing, you know, what you just said, like deacons serving that office, um, you can't lose sight of the big picture, right? And you have to be very comfortable with um, that supportive role. Like you're there to support the big picture, Um, right? Your your task at that time, the, the task that you're doing that supports the big picture, that supports the ministry, is not more important than the ministry itself. The task is important. The ministry is just that you can't lose sight of the ministry. Mm. Um, and so, you know, um, serving as, as deacon, you're serving in the church, really, you just, you have to be comfortable with, you are there supporting the ministry. You're supporting the, um, you know, in, in what we uh, are trying to do, which is to, grow people to be more like Christ, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Yeah. So they make, they make our job easier mm-hmm. and they make us better at our job and more, more focused in, yep. in, in equipping the saints. They, they're that supportive role that helps us do that job better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I would recommend this book. Uh, book is super helpful. Um, you know, uh, deacons are very, deacons are very important just like, but, but I, I think that we'll say that too. Like not being a deacon is okay. Yep. And, mm-hmm. um, if I could confront the American mindset real quick, um, Ooh, confronted it Monday night with the individualism, didn't I? You did. Ooh, yeah. Well, we need to hear it. We need to, we need to know that's our weakness as a culture. Mm-hmm. Um, as thankful as I am for the United States and I'm, I'm thankful we live here. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm thankful for a lot of things that even people complain about. You know, um, the beauty of freedom is it's uh, it's easy to complain about it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, my guess is there's people uh, I know. I know some Croatians who would who would go. I can't believe some of the things you guys complain about in America. <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, because you lived under socialism. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, one of the things we need to confront our own heart with is that. Um, Titles don't make people more valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, just like a husband is not more valuable than a wife because he has the role of leadership. Mm-hmm. The wife is as valuable mm-hmm. as the husband. Um, elders are valuable to the church, but not more valuable than the church. Mm-hmm. Deacons are valuable, but not more valuable. Mm-hmm. And Paul talks about that in First Corinthians. Does the hand say to the foot, you're less important to me? No, they're both important. You know, and you need the ears and the, you need the ears and the eyes and the nose of the body. You need the, you need the, the funny part is you need your pinky toe. I mean, I know when I broke my pinky toe, it was this, man. The whole body hurts. The whole body was like, well, what do you want to have in here? Right. And, and that's, that's how members need to realize that each member in the church is important to the church because he or she has been called into the church. Mm -hmm. And so um, I hope what doesn't happen is I hope don't people don't say, why wasn't I nominated for deacon? I'm offended. Uh, that would be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're the kind of person that says, hey, I really want to be a deacon, well, come talk to us. There's probably, honestly, I could, I mean, just to be frank, uh, it probably was when we looked up at the deacons and elders meetings and didn't see you habitually over time. 
mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because that's one of the requirements they have. They have to be at a deacons and elders meetings. And so if you're not there, you know, and again, if you're waiting for the title, we're, we're already saying, hey, these are open to anybody who wants to be there. Mm-hmm. So if you show up, sweet. Mm-hmm. Like that, that right away starts to show us that you're interested. Now, it doesn't mean we're going to do it. There mm-hmm. might be other things. But on the flip side, um, you know, if your character's not above reproach or, you know, you d- you're not on board with what we do, but you still show up, like, now nah, you got to be on board, mm-hmm. you know? And that, that'll be seen in your one anothering and seen in the way you interact with us and the way you interact with the body. And, you know, so, um, yeah, fat people are seen. <laughs> there, yep. It is easier Sounds to see so a fat, <laughs> it is easier to see a fat person than a non-fat Gosh. person. Well, yeah. Someone's editing this podcast right uh, now. Because they're available. Because yeah. they're, well, they're faithful, available, <laughs> and teachable. teachable. Yeah. And you know the fat people because you're like, oh, I'm going to see this person on Sunday. Yep. yep. And you're going to show up and you're going to be like, well, they were there. Yeah. And There's almost gonna... a level of predictability. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you can predict like this person's going to be there. You don't even have to think about it. Like yeah. this person is going to be there. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, we, we would have a meeting and it's like, well, okay, we're going to cook tacos. And we would say, um, well, Thomas can help us. Yeah, and then Thomas would text and be like, you know, is it what time do you want me to be there? And you're like, well, dude, come at six thirty. Like, like you just knew he was going to be there, mm-hmm. and you know, then he would like text to verify, and you're like, dude, we actually were planning on you being there, and thought you might be able to help us with your chef skills, cook. Yeah. So yeah, I, I wouldn't want somebody to 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 neglect. And by the way, you can one another. You should be one anothering and doing right. That's the thing. We are who we are without a title, and we do these things. Well, title or not, you know, we're not changing. The, the only difference with was, you know, if, if we didn't have the title, we might not be in the pulpit, which is, which is fine. Um, so when it comes to deaconesses real quick, I don't know how much time we have left in this, this podcast, your thing, you think, Oh, we're actually, uh, we're, we're probably got about 10 minutes. Um, yeah, we only have five minutes actually. So talk real quick. Like we know that's a, we know it's a contested issue. We know it's a hot topic. Um, we do, we do translate that text. We do understand the translation of the text. In um, in first first Timothy, uh, I think five seventeen. Uh, no, first Timothy no, no. Uh, three ten. Oh yeah, yeah. the uh, the wives. Yeah, uh, we do translate that as uh, in um, three eleven women. That could say that could be wives or women, mm-hmm. uh, but we look at it as as um, as women uh, must be dignified, not malicious gossips, not temperate, but faithful in all things, and so. When you look at that, right, uh, it makes more sense to me that that he's t- that he's not talking about the wives of a deacon. And one of the reasons is when you look at when you compare it to the qualifications of an elder, is there is no qualification laid on the wife for the mm-hmm. elder. And so, right, that's always bothered me that well, you're going into pastoral ministry, but is your wife called to be a pastor too? Well, you know, I remember people being like, well. Yeah, you'll go to a church and your wife will lead a Bible study. Um, my wife's not gifted to teach. Mm. Well, then you're not called to pastoral ministry. Really? Could you show me that in the text? Right? It's not in the text. Yep. And that that's so to have a layer for the deacon that's not there for the wife, see, that's not there for the elder, seems weird to me. They're just trying to get a two for one deal, you know? Yeah, they are trying <laughs> to get a two for one deal. But um, also, you don't have so because they're not an authority. You don't, you don't, you're not now, you are not violating what scripture says about, about elders, right? Elders have authority. Women are not to have that authority over the church. Uh, both first Corinthians and first Timothy talk about this. 
So deacons don't have authority. So even at the end of the day, you have women servant leaders who they still don't have authority over people. It's not like my wife's walking up to guys being like, you know, hey, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And yet it would be, right, it would, if a woman came up to you and said, hey, you know, I think you're, you're sinful in the way you do this, none of us would say she can't say that because she's not an elder. Like part of being the one another is you may have a woman confront you and say, hey, you know, have you ever thought that maybe you're doing this wrong? And you, as a, as a man, you're like, you know what? You're still right. You know? And if, and if you're thinking is, well, she's got to let her husband know and her husband has to come to you. You don't understand reconciliation. Mm-hmm. You know, now we're not saying that she should take him out to breakfast privately. Right. I mean, there, there's a context for that as well. Mm-hmm. But, but at the same token, like, you know, you may have to have a woman confront you. Uh, and just like guys have to sometimes go to women and say, Hey, listen, you know, you need to think about this. Uh, so, so for women deacons, right? It's not it's not forbid in scripture. You do have uh, Romans sixteen one. It's debatable whether or not um, you read this text a couple weeks ago. Whether or not she Phoebe Phoebe right was a deaconess was a deaconess or not. Now maybe she's a servant or maybe she's a deaconess. But but I tend to lean more towards the deaconess uh, realm there in um, in Romans sixteen. Uh, also, uh, it's interesting. Um, when you look at church history, mm-hmm. um, Pliny the Younger, the governor of Bithynia, letter to the emperor Trajan, accordingly I judged it all the more necessary to find out what the truth was by torturing two female slaves who were called deaconesses. Mm. But I discovered nothing else but depraved excessive superstition. And Pliny would be an unbeliever, by the mm-hmm. way. So here he's investigating their religion, mm-hmm. and he's saying, "Well, they're not. They're just they have some weird superstition." That that's his. Uh, that's how he ascribed um, the deaconess, the deaconess religion, or yep. yeah, Christianity. And then Clement of Alexandria in one fifty to two fifteen A.D. says, "We are also aware of all things that the noble Paul prescribed on the subject of female deacons in one of the two epistles to Timothy." Origin of Alexander says, Romans 16, 1 teaches two things, that there are women deacons in the church and that women who have given assistance to so many people and who by their good works deserve to be praised by the apostle ought to be accepted in the uh, diaconate. 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 Yeah. It's just a weird spelling. I know. Olympias, eighty three sixty eight four zero eight 408, says, Olympias, a widow deaconess of the church in Constantinople, leveraged her immense wealth to become a generous patron of the church. She donated many of her estates to the church, supported the ministries of such church leaders as John Christostom and Gregory of Nizanzas. Gosh. You would think my reading is a little better than this. <laughs> Ransomed exiled captives, sustained a community of 250 virgins and cared for the poor. John Chrysostom, some have thought that 1 Timothy 3.11 is said of women generally, but it is not so. For why should Paul introduce anything about women to interfere with this subject? He is speaking of those who hold the rank of deaconess. Mm-hmm. Jerome. Salvinia, however, consecrated her life to deeds of piety and became one of Chrysostom's deaconess. And then, of course, Calvin. And that's the mic drop. Deaconesses oh. were appointed not to soothe God by chantings or unintelligible murmurs and spend the rest of their time in idleness, but to perform a public ministry of the church toward the poor and to labor with all zeal, uh, assiduity, and diligence in offices of charity. This is the mic drop. <laughs> That's the mic drop. Well, the next one is Charles. Oh, ooh, yeah, Charles Spurgeon, the great 
<laughs> Charles Haddon Spurgeon of 1834 to 1892. Deaconesses, an office that most certainly was recognized in the apostolic churches. It would be a great mercy if God gave us the privilege of having many sons who all preached the gospel and many daughters who were all eminent in the church as teachers, deaconesses, missionaries, and the like. Mic drop. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're not, we're not in, we're not going rogue. Nope. We have scripture and church history and a, got a long line of godly Calvinistic, very men that if, and I've read some of those guys writings that you would go, amen. These, these are guys, these are brothers we're going to see in heaven. Yeah. Even if you took out their title, yes. they would still function in that role Yes, because we need women. Yes. No matter, no matter what we do, you know, like ministry, the ministry needs women. Yes. Yeah. And this probably is a topic for later. That that's kind of my angst against what I call 1940 Christendom, which sees women as, you know, be godly wives who are in the kitchen Mm -hmm. and just serving your family. And it's like, you know, I I don't want to indict them or be mean to them, but on the flip side, there's a lot of work that, that men and women need to do in the church. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the church is filled with um, sometimes single moms who got saved, don't have godly parents, and need a woman to help direct them. And how do you organize your responsibilities as a woman? Mm-hmm. How do I respect this guy who can't put his shoes up? You know, and mm-hmm. and that, that's where, right, godly women come in and help and serve. And, and so, yep. Women are very important, and I, I would, I would, anytime, uh, we need to make sure always as Christians that we are not devaluing one sex over the other or viewing one sex as better than the other, because to do so is to, is to deny the Creator's creation and the way He created us. And so, um, you know, basically what we want to say as Christians is men are important, women are important, and children are valuable too. Yes. And so maybe maybe that's a future podcast for family. So mm. all right. Good stuff. Likewise. Like it. All right, guys. Um so I, I do want to just summarize because oh, I it. thought this summary was pretty good, right? So Matt makes the case that deacons are model servants called to meet tangible needs. And so for us, that's in Cornerstone, who organize and mobilize acts of service in Cornerstone, who preserve the unity of the flock and support the ministry of the elders. I felt like we said that. But he like summarized should, it. Yeah. That's I mean, the mic drop. That's, yeah. 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 And so you shout out to the deacon, uh, de- deacons and deaconesses and Cornerstone. We love you. Um, thank you for your ministry. Yes. Thank you.